Welcome once again to the RevCast. I'm your host, Pastor Mike. Uh, It is good to be here with you again uh, as we dive into Chapter 3 of The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr, uh, titled Revealed in Us as Us. Uh, Today, we have uh, Pastor Kevin Smalls with us. Uh, He is a United Methodist pastor um, serving... Which which church are you serving again? Hope Hope. in Southfield. Hope in Southfield. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, and uh, this is this is the part where I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, uh, tell us what we need to know about you. Oh, uh, actually, I'm at Hope and St. Timothy. Oh, Hope and uh, St. Timothy. St. Timothy is a church in Detroit, and um, although I have a team that, that pretty much manages that site, uh, I'm kind of the uh, head it, pastor. So is it a dual campus kind yes, of thing? Okay, yeah, 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 and St. Timothy is a much smaller church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's trying to revitalize and, and come back. So, uh, which one do you like better? No, just kidding. <laughs> you know so you know, uh, I've been here in Michigan for three years. Um, from D.C., Washington D.C. is my home. Uh, so uh, it's good to be here. It's, it's just a great experience, and I'm glad to have this conversation with you. Awesome. We uh, we found out. We were pregnant for our first daughter when we were in Washington D.C. Is that right? Yep. We went there for uh, there was a young leadership summit something at the at the Methodist building there on Capitol Hill. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. They like covered everything except the airfare, and we're and we were you know three years into our marriage, four years into our marriage, we're like that's pretty much a free vacation, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so yeah, we got to do that. Yeah, I yeah. I I love D.C. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, my. Two, two two quick DC stories, right? Mm. So, didn't know my way around. Didn't know any of that stuff. We're we're uh, we're walking from our hotel. Um, mm. We have a free evening the first night, and we turn a corner, and all of a sudden, it's the White House. Oh, like, and I was in I was in tears. Right. Wow. This is uh, I think we're at that point. It's two thousand nine, so we're about a year into President Obama, mm-hmm. and uh, and just tears because yeah. it's just so, so you, you see it on majestic. tv but man uh and so that was amazing and then yeah. our last day there we have so we we had a later flight so we could still walk around and do stuff and we were wa- we're walking with our wheelie bags the whole thing behind the white house mm. and run into john oliver from the daily show who has mm. his own show now on hbo yep. um yep. and uh and my wife hates when i tell this story because i had a really nice dslr camera and I took a picture of her with John Oliver, and it's a beautiful picture. Uh-huh. I had her take a picture of me with John Oliver. It is blurry as all get out. <laughs> and I never let her live that down. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. So uh, so where did uh, did you do uh, seminary at Wesleyan? No, I didn't did go to Wesley, um, <clears throat> even though they recruited hard. I, I did all of my undergraduate and seminary work in the South. So okay. I was at Gammon. It's the only African-American seminary in our denomination it's one of the 13 um and it's in atlanta um so i was there and then i had a two-point charge while i was going through years so i was i was on what to call a student pastor track uh-huh. so i was in seminary for four years lived in atlanta for four years had a great i loved atlanta too atlanta yeah. is really a, a fascinating city um and then i picked up a doctorate at united did I, enough I, work. I thought I'd seen that somewhere. Did that, enough that work had. to convince me to convince them to uh, 
grant that to yeah. me. So, uh, what, what, what's your what's your doctorate in? It's actually in preaching um, with the uh, hip hop imagination. So it's wow. it's a exploration of how the gospel can be preached with real life tension, wow. and um, not as opposed to uh, preaching it in a way that's defending a God that's nice and friendly, right? But but actually living with a God that permitted Hagar to take Ishmael. Yeah. From Abraham's home, you know, yeah. um, the hardcore God right. kind of stories, right. which is what hip hop is. Yeah. It's um, naming hardcore stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was that was fun. That so was that's, fun. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that, that was a, that was the, the D-Men track, right? Doctorate of Ministry? Or was that a PhD? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Doctor of Ministry. Yeah. And I um, uh, had a great time doing that. Um, did a little bit of study, Drew. And... Um, and Aquinas Institute, which is wow. a school in St. Louis run by the Dominicans. Um, so, yeah, that's been my little run. Lots, lots of, lots of school. Yeah. But my, uh, my wife says uh, very often that, that if she could just be a full-time student the rest of her life, she would be happy. I would, too. <laughs> I am at home with exploration of thought. Yeah. Very good. Exploration of thought. Uh, so, uh, uh, family, anything? Uh, and, and wife, kids, but well, I am recently divorced. Okay, so I have four kids. Um, one is twenty six, um, and uh, the one behind him, my only daughter, is twenty. Wow, that's just ridiculous. She's twenty one, <laughs> and my younger two are sixteen and thirteen. Oh, so that's wow. it. It's over. Yeah. So those are my four. <laughs> yeah. That's my contribution to the world, <laughs> to the population. Um, but awesome, awesome kids. I love them yeah. deeply, and uh, wonderful people they are. Yeah. My 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 two at home are ten and three. Or sorry, mm-hmm. ten and five. And uh, uh, and there are days I'm like stop growing up so fast and then there are days i'm like you can't grow up fast enough right uh yeah right right i know i know my my 10 year old is thinks she's a teenager (laughs) and my five-year-old ain't far behind (laughs) so all right so uh so we've been looking at uh, uh on this podcast we've been looking at the universal christ by richard rohr uh how a forgotten reality can change everything we see hope for and believe uh, it has been it has been uh, a really fun journey so far. Um, I just want to want to recap quick. Um, chapter one was very much about uh, how uh, Christ is not Jesus' last name, um, mm-hmm. where we're talking about uh, these these bigger ideas that that everything visible without exception uh, is the outpouring. Of God. Um, then uh, last uh, last week we talked with Robin uh, about uh, accepting that you're fully accepted. Um, this idea that um, uh, the uh, we talked a lot about uh, the idea of uh, the I am statements in John being written more from the voice of of the Christ aspect, the voice of Christ as opposed to the voice of Jesus, uh, and how that changes the way we read things like I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about uh, uh, the reality that um, 
we we are accepted it is it is uh has nothing to do with uh, how good we are, how worthy we are, but God accepts us and loves us uh, as we are. Uh, and then uh, today, the it's chapter 3. It's uh, revealed in us as us. Um, I, this is this was the, the first chapter that I really had to go back and, and read a couple times. Um, there is... Yeah, gee, thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a lot here. Uh, and again, I just want to say um, we're in no way, shape, or form going to be able to cover everything that's in here. We're really just going to talk about uh, the things that, that uh, impacted us as we read it. Um, and those of you listening, if there are other things that impacted you, um, I'll, I'll have my, um, my contact information at the end of the show. Uh, so that you can uh, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, and we can continue the conversation that way. Uh, so uh, one of the first things uh, out of the gate with uh, this chapter uh, is this idea uh, that uh, we start in the story of Paul uh, and his uh, persecution of Christians and this this whole story where he's on the road uh, to Damascus, this light strikes him blind he's down on the ground uh and we hear Saul Saul why do you persecute me wants to know well who are you he says I'm Jesus uh who you persecute and and it's this reality that in this scenario Jesus makes no distinction between himself and his followers uh that that it's all uh together uh and this is uh, kind of a theme uh, that's been building uh, in the first two chapters, but then coming into uh, chapter three, we're really starting to to get this picture uh, that that Christ uh, is very much deeper than uh, just the identity of the Jewish Messiah. Um, that that Christ is this, um, and I actually think it's in in this chapter that he talks about not being pantheist but panentheist, where God is in everything and transcends everything. Uh, and that, that transcendent piece, that God and everything piece for, for uh, Richard Rohr's perspective is Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's, that's the first piece that, that, that jumps out at me is this, this importance of uh, seeing Christ not making a distinction uh, between uh, Christ's self and uh his, uh, the the followers of Jesus. Um, did, uh, what did you What did you think uh, uh, in there, Kevin? Yeah i I thought that was very profound. Um, and reading that text all my life, just like some of everybody, um, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. That you know, this why are you persecuting me? Um, and there is this intense battle um, to indeed persecute these new believers um, uh, with with great intensity. Paul represents an established religion. Mm-hmm. Paul represents um, a religion where salvation is recognized through obedience to the law, adherence to the law, to a particular ethnic group as well correct and in turn um this voice comes uh representing a broader community a broader ethnicity um 
which is inclusive of Gentin, uh, Gentiles and uh, it had to have extraordinary impact more than I think an average reader today. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to have extraordinary impact on Paul to hear why are you persecuting me? Right. Me. Yeah. Most most of us today uh, saw this in flannel graph, right? Uh, that's this is this particular story is just it's just a it's just a conversion story that's all it is exactly um exactly but but this this takes it uh, a bit deeper yeah it was a conversion story and it was sentimentally symbolic and cute mm-hmm. for Jesus to you know I I don't think many connections were made historically at least with. What Roar knows, as a, as a matter of fact, this right here could very well be the genesis of the his theory of the universal Christ. Oh, for sure. This statement right here, and I highlighted it, uh, you know, th- that uh, in reference to Paul's uh, being challenged, mm-hmm. um, the deep and abiding significance of Saul's encounter is that he hears Jesus speak as if there's a moral equivalence between Jesus and the people Saul is persecuting a moral equivalence. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought that was, that's just mind blowing. And it causes a crisis for Christianity in the West. It It puts us in a crisis of sorts, a a Christological crisis at best. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, the other the other piece that I that I loved about this is for for a good chunk of of my walk of faith at least in in recent years, um, I I came out of a very conservative tradition, um, and have did a whole lot of reading Jesus through Paul, right? Um, interpreting Jesus through Paul, so so Jesus was very much the uh, much more, much more Pharisaical. Much more. This is, this is, you know, a, a strict adherence kind of thing. Uh, and I made the shift to, to then trying to interpret Paul through Jesus, right? Um, which is a much more uh, loving view, a much more uh, inclusive view. Uh, and then to see Roar take, uh, in this chapter in particular, the writings of of Paul, and and extrapolate them to be, yeah, Paul. Paul was doing this this really different thing. Uh, he said uh, Paul uses the the term "encristo" 164 times in his writing, more than any other phrase, mm-hmm. um, and and we take it for granted. We take it for granted that that well, it just means in Christ. It just means that uh, because of Jesus or whatever, as opposed to um, this this grander existential reality uh, that that Roar. Uh, is is hitting at um of a of a cosmic identity mm. uh that all all life everything living ev- is is bound up in this cosmic identity that is Christ um and so uh and and he brings that uh pretty quickly into the idea that uh the only separation we have ever experienced from God uh is by our own choice uh, it doesn't, uh, and we'll get in uh, uh, in in the next chapter. We'll we'll talk more about uh, original sin and, and and things of that nature. But but it does get into this this idea that that 
it's not about what we do. Um, what we do to, is not what separates us from God. It's the choice just to be separate. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I think, um, I actually, I think the whole uh, imagery and conversation around uh, Jesus and the Christ is is quite striking. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John's Jesus, mm-hmm. and now our consideration of a Pauline Jesus is 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 phenomenal. But again, it brings the West or some portion of the West, and maybe some conservative portion of the West, uh, in some level of challenge because different faith expressions use the term Jesus differently. Oh, for sure. You know, and uh, I just want to love Jesus or, you know, I, so there's the Jesus who um, has a, a large property of salvation. But in other faith expressions, similar to mine, for example, in African American community, Jesus is, function is not just soteriologically spiritual Mm -hmm. it is the eradication of uh, challenging human condition which we get in Luke 4 you Mm -hmm. know and now Roar expands this to be a a Christ where everybody is connected from the start Mm -hmm. not not really after they've decided or after they've made up their mind to, to follow that Christ is present in all of creation, in a hood, uh, in Washington, D.C., in the seat of government, in Somalia, uh, you know, in South Africa, U.K., that there is a Christ that everybody is already connected to. <laughs> which then limits our ability to confiscate him right and to take claim and ownership of him and our ability it, it limits our ability uh to present him out of our angle Correct. you know so yeah. i just i just think it's it, pure genius well it's it, it's <sighs> it's genius in it and it is it, to me is much truer of the Jesus I read mm. in in the Gospels. Mm. Um, this this wasn't this wasn't a closed off kind of thing. This wasn't a uh, I am just for this and not for that. Um, it, it Jesus Jesus was broadening, uh, making the table wider. Right. Uh, always. Right. Uh, and I think too is is uh, if, and when you when you consider that. Uh, and then you look at the rest of, of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, um, you begin to see where where this this following of this of this Jehovah, uh, this uh, this monotheistic God, um, when that starts happening, uh, the table starts getting wider. You know, uh, Abraham is blessed to be a blessing. Right. All nations will be blessed through, you know, right. there's, there's, there's that piece to it. And then, and then as we get to the law and the laws being codified, we're, we're taking out, um, the, the, 
the the cultural law of of escalation where uh you kill my my uh my sheep i kill your flock you kill my family i kill uh, everybody who's ever known you kind of idea of things right to no 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 uh, eye for an eye yep. we're going to we're going to we're going to begin to 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 limit um that retribution right or, you know uh, cuz you can't you can't go from um this this uh, this polytheistic. There's a god of the sun. There's a god of the rain and the moon and all these things. And then say, oh no, wait. There's just this one all-encompassing Christ. That, right. that you know you can't. It it uh, and Rohr talks about this that it takes thousands of years for us to come uh, to a point where we can even begin. And and this is really just the beginning. Uh, of understanding uh, what this means. Yeah, I, I kind of like his theory that we began to lose our universal scope with the Great Schism of 1054. Mm-hmm. And since then, we have not had one universal church. Right. And these two, of course, the East creates orthodoxy and the West creates Catholicism and, and this is the result of this, this schism but it's also a form of going in your own corners mm-hmm. um, and creating your own silos of sorts uh, of sorts and, and I think um, we have struggled with the concept of this universal Christ because we want control of who he is and we want control of who he can save. And we want control of where he can go uh, and who he loves. Um, yeah. And as a result, again, I think, you know, I had, a, I had a professor who says, you know, I think the Lord only shows up in some of your churches just to save his name. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to save his reputation, yeah, yeah. you know. Um but that indeed has been the battle of this is what has been forgotten as he suggests in his title mm-hmm. of the concept of of a universal not just a universal church, but a universal lord of the church. Yeah. Well, and I I talked I, I think I think it goes back further than 1054. Mm. Um my my theory at least uh, uh right now is is that it went, it goes back to uh early in the 4th century when Constantine declares Christianity the, the religion of the state. Yep. As soon as Christianity becomes married to empire, yep. That's when we lose it. That's, that's good. yeah. That's that uh, and that's uh, and, and it's part of what I think we're seeing today, when we when we look at and we see, uh, right now we see uh, uh, folks on the evangelical side, far far right, just blindly clinging to um, uh, these uh, uh, the Republican Party essentially, right? Because what we've seen uh, is is people have uh, gone towards science and and. Um, rationalism those kinds of things and they move away from the church mm-hmm. the the church is losing power right it's it's no longer the the marriage between the church and empire uh, at least here in the in the US is breaking down uh, well uh, and I didn't mean to cut you off no, but right. I I just think what happened uh 
there is it's a forced universal yeah ism it's it's not invitational correct yeah um nor is it out of love it's out of demand and out of an anthropological need to control yeah yeah and i think what we're seeing today you mentioned and and he talks about it i think uh if not this chapter one or the other said uh science has been the the group now that the world seeks meaning mm-hmm. um christianity has lost its authority to explain meaning in the world yeah i think i think that was uh that might it was in chapter 2 so the world no, lo- yeah, read, no longer trust christians who love jesus uh, but don't seem to love anything else. I right. Think it was in that, in right. that area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped out. No, that's all right. That's all right. But, we, but we go where we go. <laughs> but I do, you know, I do think that that is a very sad scenario that um, not only really have we lost our authority, if you will, to support the beauty of and, and to name the beauty of mystery and meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really wants to hear from us in that way, right? And because of the damage that we've done, and we're very much in a post-denominational and arguably a post-Christian age. Um, and this is why, yeah, because we love the contained Jesus. Mm-hmm. We don't actually, in some of those religious sects you just mentioned, those religious communities. You don't hear much about Christ. No. At all. No. <laughs> everything is Jesus and everything is um Jesus is shortchanged in such a major way. And it, it, there's no development of Jesus it, toward the Christ. Yeah, I I spent a, a I spent so I I I grew up Catholic. Um, but I, I recognized my, my, my coming to Jesus moment as, as when I was about 18 years old. And it was very much in a conservative, evangelical end of things. Right. And, uh, uh, in the, the, the Gospels, the, the entire book, uh, uh, of the Bible got boiled down to that one moment on the cross. Mm. That that's all it's about that Jesus lived his whole life just for that one moment yep. when there is uh, so much more yep um and but that's but that's what happens in in places like that yep. where where it is uh, Christ is not really mentioned um, right. definitely not as uh, as a power maybe as a title maybe as a name maybe as a, a oh it's just the the word we use for messiah or king or savior whatever but but it's it's definitely not this uh this the it's definitely not this uh, this idea we we'll see with uh uh that Roar is exploring of of Christ being in everything well i i think the challenge for him is to recover the Christ from a militant um imperial mm-hmm. um type Jesus. Yeah. You know, and a Jesus that only sides with certain behavioral 
you know, the, yeah. the, the thing is, it's it scares people. What what happens if if we just let now, now listen to the language? <laughs> if if we let women get abortions, you know what happens in 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 these scenarios if uh, if we just give the country away to to incoming. Uh, citizens to, or incoming to, to uh, illegal people illegal people and 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 immigrants we we have to buckle down but to save what yeah and and for, at what expense um this war this interreligious war or this attack on uh, muslims and um uh this the conversation uh, that we're experiencing a very painful conversation around race and gender and um, it's that tension I think in a weird crazy kind of way of that Jesus and Christ against itself <laughs> you know oh, yeah. and, and I just think um, we are in it, either the most exciting conversation that has ever occurred in the world <laughs> Or we're just in for a very frightening, you know, road ahead. Um, and I think the other fear, too, is to take advantage of a Christ that's too liberal. And I don't mean capital L. Right. Take advantage of a Christ where folks can say anything goes. I think to scare some pieces of Western Christianity that they don't want to. They 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 need people to be contained. Yeah, and that's and that's what religion has done, right? That's it's why it's why we we uh, I forget who said it, but uh, uh, the opioid of the masses, right? Religion yep. is the opioid of the masses. Yep. It's what keeps us contained, subdued, uh, and and keeps us from becoming. Right. Quite honestly, right? Um, when I when I talked about uh, the uh, the divorce of uh, at least in 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 our um, national context the divorce of of the church from empire hmm. um my my response to that was it's about freaking time right uh this is when we when we are divorced from that power when we are no longer the religion of the empire um we get to get back to being christ again we get to get yep. back to being christian again yep. uh where where there is actual real persecution where, where there is a, a struggle to it, where our faith does cost us something. Yep. Yep. Um, not just uh, I signed, I signed the card, uh, I walked the aisle, uh, and now I'm now I'm free of hell. Right. Uh, but but where our faith actually has to live and move in the world uh, yep. in a way that has meaning. Yep. And I mean that's in our hymnal, hymnody. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've had it. We've had the theology there in Christ. There is no east or west, and hymn no north or south. And I thought about some of these hymns, but we also had onward Christian soldiers marching <laughs> off to war with the cross. Oh yeah, of Jesus going yeah. on before we are marching to war with his cross. You know, so either if, if the that's if that's not an, an image of empire. You yeah, know what I mean, absolutely. It's, yeah, absolutely, and I think. What you're seeing, what we are seeing, is the mourning, not of a what they would interpret to be a loss of faith. We're seeing a mourning of the loss of control, mm-hmm. of 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 behavior. Um, 
gone is the day where you grew up Roman Catholic, but you're 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 a Methodist minister now. Oh, yeah? Which is a large commentary, I think, on where we have come. It's it's no longer the day of loyalist. I'm not Roman Catholic because I grew up that way. I'm Roman Catholic because it works, it speaks. I so now you have a, a marvelous fusion in the religious world, I think, of you know, where I pastor, I have former Baptists, I have former Pentecostals, I have former Episcopalians, and it creates a marvelous diversity that in some cases are just terrifying to some. And yeah, I think that's um our biggest fears. Even in the United Methodist Church, we're clumsy with diversity. You know, we oh, yeah. and you can see that in some of our worship experiences <laughs> on a conference level. Um or at least back home, you know, you 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 bring a plethora of music from different communities, um, and we just don't get it. We mm-hmm. we 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 we. It's visible that we are far more disconnected, I think, than we've ever been. Um, and one of the things I think that Catholicism does well is really they create a very uh, diverse expression of liturgy and worship that is experienced anywhere where sometimes what happens at hope is at hope mm-hmm. what happens you know Royal Oak first that's we've lost we've lost um, we've we've become inward right um, and it's hard to reach a universal Christ from there. Right. It's hard when religion is preference-based now. It's really hard to reach universal Christ, universal possibilities, universal community, when our obsession is preserving our tradition, our culture, um, and our expression, um, and explaining it, but not living yeah. into it. Uh, well, not... Which is what I think he meant, kind of, when he was referencing these councils too. Uh, and I was a history major, so I was all into that part. Mm-hmm. But, but we did a great job. You know, he he mentioned to legitimize Jesus. We had to make a single explanation for him, so we make him stand alone mm-hmm. outside of the Trinitarian family. Um, but we got it right with the Council of Chalcedon by making at least and recognizing the hypostatic union mm-hmm. between uh, uh, his humanity and divinity. But we've done a marvelous job of explaining it. We have failed to, to live into it. That's right. And this is why, you know, I Sundays might be back the day where it's the most segregated hour of the... Yeah. Well, one of the one of the things that I, I and I don't even know if the Catholic Church did it on purpose. Um, it was just part of part of their tradition, right? Uh, and they began in preliterate society, and everything was in Latin. That's right. Yeah. Um, so as missionaries go out, as churches are established, it is that same liturgy, that same Latin, that yep. you know, which which is why it can have that that cultural voice all over the place. All over the place, because yep. <laughs> Because it's born of, of a dead language right. that really doesn't have a culture of its own. Right. Um, 
and uh, and and so yeah. That's, and I'm not mad at it. Let no, me no, tell no, you, no, no. because if you ever go to an international gathering, it's nothing more powerful than a diverse group of people gathered around a Christ truth. In yeah. my opinion, it's yeah, just yeah. nothing more amazing and striking and daring and and awesome. And I think that is the church the world longs to see. Yeah, and even Vatican II came and 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 created avenues to consider how to uh, make the liturgy uh, uh, a little more approachable. But nevertheless, there's the common liturgy yet supported by diversity. And I'm not here trying to give a plug to Roman Catholicism. No, no, no. I'm just, <laughs> I I just I just I really as an African American person. whose conversation has to be slightly different in some cases. Um, I yearn for that day where the church recovers the Christ of love and not just the Christ of order. Mm -hmm. Love is the order. You know, love is the invitational pull that brings us together. I think we like starting with the order. You know, yeah. let's let's make sure th- that they're not having abortions and they're not doing premed. Listen, that day is gone. Mm-hmm. And if t- the 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 question then is, can Christ still connect with a world that is so off the charts for an evangelical agenda? or even a liberal agenda. I don't think any of us off the hook. A prophetic agenda. You know, is is Christ not still powerful enough to transform the world from his place of Jesus who became Christ? Mm-hmm. A Jesus who knows poverty. Right. I'm not outside of that. I... I had to I had to become an immigrant so I wouldn't get killed mm-hmm. as an infant male child. I I know what it is to live on the rough side of Nazareth. I understand <laughs> what it means uh to try to make ends meet so poor that I even had to borrow um the tomb. Yeah. Fortunately I wouldn't need it for long, but you know <laughs> the, the the concept though I I I love Roar's reimagining of a Jesus who becomes Christ. Yes. And it's not a division. It's not a split. It's not a foreign two-way identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a Jesus who almost informs Christ. I know I talk too much, but no, that's no, just the thing. That's the, point. <laughs> that's the thing I think I love about this. This Jesus who becomes Christ. This Christ who is informed by an earthly Sojourner mm-hmm. in such a way that he becomes far more powerful. Now, this is where it gets tricky. He becomes far more powerful than just Jesus. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, and, and that's not something you can say. Right? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, I mean, he, he says that, you know. <laughs> right. Ooh, yeah. But like, but, like, you get up in church and say that on Sunday, <laughs> and, and you get in trouble. Yep. Um. But but this is this is this is the beauty of this entire conversation, is is that at at some point, 
uh, in our past when uh, after we became uh, uh, coupled with empire that's mm. when we said okay we have to we have to close the canon of scripture uh, we're gonna we're gonna write up some doctrines yep. um, we're gonna put these rules together in an order and and none of that happened prior to right something was wrong in the church Paul wrote a letter uh, something was wrong uh, uh, in the church John wrote a letter you know these these uh, these things happen you wanted to know about Jesus well well Matthew Mark Luke John they they wrote some stuff to to try and help us sort it out it was never never this you need to sign on to this doctrinal statement mm-hmm. uh, it was never this walk the aisle thing no um, it it was it was here here is this reality yeah of uh, of of god saying i love you yep. i created you yep. um we're you know we are we're quite literally in this together and and so so we're at a point now where we're having this conversation again where um the 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 marriage of church and empire is is falling by the wayside and we're able to have these conversations again. We're able to uh, to say, no, this this is this is great because we because we wanted to make order and control things, and 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 we had power, so we had to use it, and this is how we chose to use it because we're dumb. Yeah. But uh, but now we can have these conversations again. Now we can we can look at it in in uh, both ancient and new ways. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what I love about uh, this this book uh, from Roar and just this this whole uh, chain of thought yeah. uh, of it of it uh, making making it's 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 taking it's taking the shackles off yep. of uh, of of our traditional faith that has been shackled for a long time because the the main thing is we have lost our ability. To live in context of mystery. Yes, sir. And until mystery becomes, until acceptance of mystery, until the acceptance of unanswered questions, until the acceptance of I don't knows is allowed at the table, it will never have the power it could have. Mm -hmm. It'd just be page 12 or 9. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, and we kind of been dancing around one of the one of the one of the pieces that uh, that that Roar talked about is that uh, we would have helped history a lot more if we had spent more time revealing the Christ and everything instead of trying to prove Jesus is God. Right. Um. And 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 that if that's that's revealing the mystery. Yeah. Right? Um. And and that's and that's what we're seeking to do. Yeah. Is I know for me as as a as a pastor, um, revealing that mystery, it, 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 putting those words to it, that's that's what I want to do for people, yeah, yeah. for myself and and for others, is to to help them uh, not solve the mystery, but right. see it, right. Um, and one of the one of the one of the pieces, this the the idea of revealed in us as us, um, was this uh, talk too of of God needing to seduce us beyond ourselves, mm-hmm. and the way God does that is is, is with uh, goodness, goodness, truth, and beauty, and beauty, uh, all things that that uh, lend themselves well to mystery. Yep. 
Yep. Those are the three carriers. Goodness, truth, and beauty. Yeah. And um the, and then the challenge is this, how subjective that is, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. But it's the key is it's not so much the subjectivity. The key is we've ceased to look mm-hmm. for the good. Mm-hmm. We've ceased to look for the beauty. We've decided it's not there because we don't understand it we don't coexist or we let culture tell us what and it we is. let culture tell us what it is yeah. and we are uh, as a result at a great disadvantage and culture sees it mm-hmm. i think culture um culture's commentary to the church is call me when you get it together Ooh. <laughs> wow with that one, you won the podcast, my friend. <laughs> Holy cow! I think that no, was it. That's that is oh, that is that is a lot of truth right there. Um, because because we we see it all the time where where people are saying you know uh, uh, people love Jesus, it's the church, right? It, it's 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 the people who claim to follow Jesus or uh, claim to to be Christian. Um, that mm-hmm. that's that's the problem, and yep. and that's true. Like like, I know plenty of people who who are spiritual, who are looking for uh, more than merely what they see. Um, which to Roar's point is, no, we should we should focus on what we see. Um, we should focus on seeing uh, Christ in each other and in everything that that is that is created, everything that light reveals. Yeah. Um, we need to be looking for for Christ in. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, people pe- people are waiting for for somebody to get their act together. Well, you know, it was like when Mary Mary, or in Luke's version, I think it was just the woman who went to the Pharisee's house. He he withheld the names, and she does this embarrassingly intimate. Uh, anointing of mm-hmm. him and uh, the Pharisee says if he knew what kind of woman this was yeah. and Jesus intercepts that thought and says the first thing he says blows my mind Do you know what the first thing he says is look at her <laughs> <laughs> look yeah. at her yeah no don't turn don't don't look away. You look at her. It's hard to see beauty in things that uh, we avoid, you know. And not impossible, <laughs> right? It's hard to see good in things that we're afraid of. And what she did was exposed his inactivity. But nevertheless. That has been kind of striking to me. Uh, even, you know, you pull up at a stoplight and there's um, a person there with a sign. And the easiest way to get through your rejection of that request is to not look. It's to not look. <laughs> you know, it's to avoid it. Um, and I think the invitation here is that Christ calls us to look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
You know, he calls us to visually engage with the heart and the soul. And uh, in turn, we will discover who he is. Yeah. And, and, the, and the thing we're seeing with 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 Roar in this book in particular is is acknowledgement that that's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to do because nope. even when you look, um, there there is ugliness and evil in the world and things that are that are really hard. Um, and and you know we I mean we look at look at our our national stage and and all that's happening. Um, and and because it, it's it's one of those things I actively challenge myself to do is to look at our president mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. looking for the good. Yeah. I'm looking for the truth. I'm looking for the beauty. Right. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing uh, to watch because his economic policies uh, to given his friends, you know, tax, bra- that those aren't, those aren't the pieces that concern me. Uh, the pieces that concern me are the denigration of human beings. Yep. Um, that, bothers me and that and that makes it that much more difficult for me to try and see it, it he's he's a capitalist he, he it's it's all about money for him yeah but but where it where it hurts and where it gets tough is is the pretending of 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 adding christ to that the the and and that somehow uh christ is supportive of uh, kids in cages and separating families and right. and uh, rolling back uh protection laws for lgbtq plus people and all of those things right um all of that that injustice that that people can look at that and say that's that's hard to look at it is um and 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 i don't think what Rohr is saying is that we need to look at that and say that's good mm-hmm. um but but the place we need to start is to recognize that even even the president, who a lot of people uh, can't even can't even say his name. I have, I have somebody in one of my churches who who only refers to him by number. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It it you have to start with they're a human being created in the image of God, created in the image of God, and has redemption potential. Correct. It, it, and what I mean when I say redemption potential is that God is not well. In Christ, you know, Christ is not without uh, capacity, right? To to work this, and this is not the first um, national leader that was at minimum an annoyance to mm-hmm. divinity, but <laughs> you know, this is part of the story, and somehow extraordinary moments of definition and clarity come out of seasons like this extraordinary and what this is actually doing is giving birth I think to a more powerful expression of a universal Christ I I do see that Mm -hmm. um, as a possibility Um, but we got to preach it you know we We got to live into it we got to demonstrate it um, and we can't be compromised because we do have pastors 
that are under lock and key because if they preach a certain kind of the term universal itself is problematic oh, first of all sure. <laughs> let's, I, just, I, let's I, just be honest i have i have walked into so many uh <laughs> coffee shops where i know there are other pastors right with this book in my hand and gotten so many dirty looks they don't even know they just see universal and it, it's, it, it, that's right the term universal is just is, is scandalous um and we will respond by not paying and not coming and not supporting um and even that i think um is an opportunity to move beyond that from the pastoral office mm-hmm. and do it anyway yeah absolutely but when you you're in a denomination where you can be challenged cuz you know the main thing is keep the church together and make sure everybody's behaving well <laughs> <You know? laughs> don't don't be problematic but i th- here again one of the areas that the world sees is we've lost our nerve mm-hmm. to proclaim mystery and uh, this type Christ. We've lost our nerve. It's upsetting to yeah. people. Oh, it's yeah. contradictory. And I, you know, all these shootings, I really want to know what sermon did you ever hear? about a Christ who so loves the world in a Johannine imagination, but in Paul's thinking, a Christ who hugs the world, a world that also groans for redemption and renewal and recovery. A world is begging uh, for that. So, yeah, <laughs> the struggle continues. Uh, I would be remiss if I don't say this before we uh, before we close off. Mm. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you something real quickly? Please I was do. in the airport. <laughs> I was in the airport, and I left my my I couldn't remember it's my bag or something at the gate or whatever, and it came on the on the thing. Well, Benjamin Smalls, please report to security, yeah. whatever. And then she said at the end. Please, you're killing me, Small. At the airport, and everybody <laughs> starts laughing. They're like, fine. Uh, and I am embarrassed to say I have not seen that movie. Oh, you need to see it. <laughs> everybody you, says, what? You need to see it. I have not seen that movie. So I, I, so when my when my kids were still both uh, pretty little, um, I, I got myself a T-shirt that said, you're killing me, Smalls, and then a T-shirt for them that just said Smalls, <laughs> and we, we took pictures. I don't think we ever wore them after that, but it was just for that photo op. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. There's a member at the church that wears that, and I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I went to your church, I would wear that too, <laughs> but but out of out of out of great love and mm. and, and, sure. and and respect because man, this has been so good. I, wow. You know, I sat I sat down with uh, with Robin Osterman last week, and we mm. got done, and I'm like, you know, we could do a weekly together mm. very easily, and I and and I I think we could as well. It just uh, and even that is universal Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so um yeah. thank you so much for for joining us um i hope uh, we can we can get you back again uh sure. for a future uh podcast um do you have a, a a blog or website or anything you wanted to to promote and let people know i don't i, d- okay. I, I it's 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 a wordpress something i do no. i do have one i don't remember what it is right. uh be kevin smalls you look it up and i have a few articles uh on there on um yeah what so. uh what uh <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ke- <laughs> all right Ke- uh yep 
Kevin is on Facebook. Uh, so, uh, so, so check him out there. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation with me, you can do that uh, through Twitter at RevMikeUMC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out my website and uh, and writings at RevMikeUMC.com, uh, or find me on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash/TheRealMikeDesatel. Uh, until then, uh, I want to want to say thank you again to to the Reverend Doctor. Uh, uh, Kevin Smalls for for being with us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Peace.